Flawless Consulting by Peter Block. This is a book that lays out in a very, very expedited manner how to get your expertise used. So taking that knowledge, that expertise in that experience that you have inside of you and basically monetizing that and monetizing that through solving a problem for someone else that has a large problem. And typically these are companies, but consulting goes throughout a lot of different industries and consulting happens on two different levels in business. You have a technical business level and then you have an interpersonal level. Even in the most extreme technical level, it's vital to never forget that the employees and customers are human. Meaning, a consultant cannot truly understand the problem they are solving if they can't understand the emotional and interpersonal dynamics of the situation. Basically, don't ignore instincts and feelings at play. Rather, use them as data points to further understand the situation at hand. So, a lot of people do this. They just ignore the feelings and instincts. They try to go, let me just go pure rational decision-making. And there is definitely a, a place for rational, logical, kind of first principles type thinking. But when you're dealing with humans, you have to modulate. You cannot just go, oh, I, I can't. I'm always an emotional thinker. Or I'm always a rational thinker. No, you have to be able to modulate between the two. Something that's very, very important, and you see one of someone who's really, really good at rational thinking or really, really good at interpersonal relationships, so kind of the empathy, emotional thinking, but you typically see that they're not very good on the other side, and there's something called weak link training. So you want to train up the weak links in your life. You want to make sure those weak links are boosted. So, all right, let's see. So even the most extreme technical, uh, okay, many consultants don't practice what they preach and create mistrust because they are perceived as hypocrites. To avoid this fallacy, you want to be authentic and follow your own advice. People learn through osmosis. This is basically imitation. And if you want someone to follow your advice, you have to practice what you preach. This way, people will not only learn from you what you say, but also what you do. And consultants are really just independent advisors. They're not surrogate managers. This is a common pitfall when managers and consultants get confused of roles in a situation. The consultant is brought in to independently analyze a situation and offer a solution, while a manager is the one who must put the solution into action. It's actually very, very important. So like I said, a lot of them get this get this mixed up. They, they think, you know, a consultant is a manager and a manager is a consultant. No, 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 no. A consultant is someone that's hired on to independently analyze the situation and offer a solution. But the manager is the one that should implement it. And the idea here is good consultants, they, they do the work so that you don't have to hire another consultant. So they, they put the systems in place for you. So you're good to go. So you're not, you know, left out to dry. And it's, it's very, very important that you basically synthesize this information that they give you. And that's what a, a really good consultant would do. You know, they make sure that you are good to go in your um, path and make sure that you have the correct systems in place to keep on pushing in your business. And each new client 
difference. Needs can be handled in a series of stages before a successful solution is discovered. Stage one, contracting phase. This phase basically establishes the scope and over, or overall general expectations. So that's basically understanding the framework of the, the job you were hired on to give. Because as a solution, you have expertise, but you have to tailor it to different situations. If you just have a cookie cutter approach and go, okay, everybody gets the same service, well, you're going to get blown out of the water by someone else. Or, you know, if you, if you do that, that company can just take your approach and sell it to someone else. So what you want to do is be able to tailor it to each different situation. You want to go, okay, these are my, it's kind of like you have a tool belt and it's not like everywhere you go, you pull out all the tools from your tool belt. You pull out specific ones for the jobs and, and then in that combination, in that order, you can help fix the solution. And the idea is you put those tools back in your tool belt because you have enough and then you supply the business, the business manager with the tools that they need to keep implementing these things. So stage two is discovering and data collection. Through analysis of situation, gap analysis, and bird's eye view. So basically collecting the data on you know, productivity, um, different KPI numbers, and basically how the business works, how it's currently operating, and where they want to get it to, and then how you can bridge, bridge that gap. Is that... Uh, you know, hiring more people? Is that um, optimizing the current workload? Is that bringing on new customers through marketing strategy? Is that um, increasing morale? Is that hiring another manager? You know, bring out whatever tool you're going to apply to that situation and uh, letting them run with that. So stage three is basically the mutual beneficial solution phase. So this is where you schedule um, feedback sessions to alleviate doubt and plan the next step. And this is very, very important because if you skip this, um, they'll, they can sometimes feel like they've been ripped off. So what you want to do is make sure that you can alleviate this and proactively um, make sure that this is not happening by, by focusing on basically seeking out this mutually uh, beneficial solution phase. And then people have an inherent commitment consistency bias. This makes them inherently scared of change. And since consulting is literally all about change, resistance should be expected as it is natural in any change process. So this is something that a lot of people go into a, a situation like consulting and they go, you know, why can't I get this person to change? Why, you know, if I'm offering this solution, why isn't this working? Well, it's a pretty big issue because if you're doing this, um, you know, if you're, if you're doing this and expecting change, while at the same time, the, um, you know, the person that you're helping is stuck in this commitment consistency bias and they don't want to move out of this, well, that's going to be a big issue. You know, that's, that's a very, very large issue to deal with. And with that, you, you want to make sure your commitment consistency is on change. Because, again, a lot of people have like a narrative that they just play out on their life and anything that moves off of that narrative they get scared of, you know, they become risk averse and people are inherently risk averse. So really to mitigate this stubborn resistance, you want to ask questions that force the client to articulate their resistance so you can identify the concern and address it accordingly. So good consulting is really like raising a child. You deal with a lot of problems in the beginning, but if you consult correctly, eventually you will have raised an adult that can resolve issues independently. 
And the ultimate goal is really to provide a problem-solving system that a client can run their own and eventually not even need a consultant. That's really the end game goal. That's what you should be aiming at. <clears throat> and really what I found with this is the synthesized lesson is really that consulting is an objectively is about objectively analyzing a situation and providing a solution. Optimize systems that um, a client can implement for lasting change. In an ideal situation, you teach the client to solve future problems independently through a deeper understanding of the company's work and managerial roles. So again, it's about objectively analyzing that situation. And one of the reasons it's so important is because when you're working inside an organization, inside, let's say, your job, your um, whatever it may be, inside your job, inside your... um, you know, leadership position inside any organization, you're looking at things subjectively. And it's, a, it's very, very hard, especially if you have any emotional attachment, which you basically do if you're working in it and not on it. Um, you, you have the interpersonal relationships, you have emotional attachments, you have other things you're thinking about. So you're looking at things subjectively. You're not looking at things objectively. You, you have a personal bias with this. So it's important to bring someone on like a consultant they can go, okay, let's, let's look at this objectively real quick. Let's go, what, what can we improve? What can we take away? What, what's working? What can we double down on? And what should we just go, uh, this can just be removed. And once you can find those things properly, you can really use them in a, in a great way. You know, it's, it's one of those things where the, the more you bring on expertise, the more mentors you seek out, the more books you read, the better you can kind of hone and tailor your, your knowledge, your expertise and improve your own life. So thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe. We're doing three episodes a day, one five, one ten, and one fifteen minute episode. Thank you very much for, for listening and until next time.